This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. And Chelsea fans, we're back in your airwaves with an emergency pod, mainly because the women are kind of on fire, and they're just signing players left, right, and center, whereas some teams, or rather some counterparts, aren't doing the same. So we're here to fill, you know, fill your airwaves and your ears with the voice of myself and uh, Jesse Parker Humphreys is also with me, um, but we also have a guest, uh, and we are very glad to announce. And, and he's making his debut, if I'm not wrong, at least on this show. I mean, he's you know you might have heard him on the other shows multiple multiple times, giving great takes. But he's here, Ollie Glanville, with you know his debut on on Blue Royalty. Um, Ollie, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on. I'm really good, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm glad I finally got that call up to the big leagues. Uh, I've been waiting for it for for some time. So, I mean, if this is the <laughs> big the leagues, we're the important one. Ollie's got his priorities right there. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll, I'll I'll go with that. Jesse, how are you? I'm stressed because I was like, we're done. I assumed we'd be kind of done and dusted on business uh, because. The Euros kicks off tomorrow, or probably today, when this comes out, For if you're listening. And and then this dropped this morning, and I was like, oh my god, here we stress. go, here we go. But stress. it's good stress, it's good, you know. Better it's than, great stress, like, I mean. Better listen. than being Spanish and having Alexia Puteas injured as your, like, news of the now day. Now that is, that is bad stress, and this is good stress, and we want good stress, not bad stress, you know. But let's get to the point that we're here for. Um, so, you know, kind of at, like Jesse just said confidently that Chelsea wouldn't really sign anybody till after the Euros. Chelsea casually decided to go, you know what, Jesse, just for you. <laughs> fuck we're gonna, you. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to just, 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 you know what, on the, it's not even like they did it before kickoff, so you can't do anything. We're going to give you enough time to do something about it, but still annoy you with the announcement of the fact that Chelsea have signed former West Ham Midfielder Katarina Svitkova, um, Svitkova rather. That's I literally just spent five minutes trying to get the pronunciation correct, and I've already screwed it up on the first take. Absolutely fantastic. This is where we're at. But you know what? It's 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 been announced the day before it all kicks off. Thanks, Chelsea. Really appreciate it. Um, but you know what? Ollie's here. Jesse's here. I'm here. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about what she brings to the team and kind of how she fits into the grand scheme of the MAA's master plan. But listen, first off, guys, immediate reactions to the signing. What what are we feeling here? Oli, I'm going to start with you very quickly. Yeah, I'm actually really excited by this. Um, because Svikler is someone that uh, we've been watching a long time, um, actually since her Slavia Prague days. Um, she plays a bunch of positions, which I'm sure we're going to get into. Um, and again, it's just a bit like Ev uh, Paris said, it's like, um, just that versatility that we're getting from from a signing, um, and it really excites me. It's it's a kind of thing that we should be doing in in other teams that should not be named. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited to see how she gets on. Jesse, yeah, I mean, equal to Ollie, I think this is obviously a signing that we've kind of known was going to happen for a while. Although I've got to be honest, it was. It kind of seemed done and dusted so long ago, I'd almost forgotten that it was done and dusted uh, when they announced it. But yeah, I think Svikov is a player who's 
really impressed me over the past two seasons in the WSL. She's obviously got, yeah, Champions League experience from a Slavia Prague days. And I think she feels like a good fit in terms of the team, in terms of like what her expectations are around playing in it and being able to play in different positions and have that flexibility. I think, you know, we've obviously kind of seen squad players like Drew Spence, for example, move on. And I feel like Svitkova, like, don't get me wrong, I think she's very talented, but I think she kind of fits that mould of someone who's going to be able to come in, do a job, but isn't necessarily going to be demanding, like, non-stop minutes, which is like, you know, the Kadisha Buchanan thing we've kind of talked about separately. So, um, yeah, I think it's a really good fit, basically. Jesse, I think I have one important question before we go into it. Is she going to be like the John Obi Mikel that Drew Spence was? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't think so, no. I don't think that's what she's like. <laughs> I don't think that's what we've replaced. Um, Any I other think... squad player that you can think of that's been a cult hero that we can compare her to? Who would... Who, I don't know. Raul Morelish? Maybe <laughs> Deanna. Maybe Deanna Cooper. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's not well, a bad, sh- bad shout. Yeah. Bad shout, yeah. yeah. The, the, I mean, if the documentary was anything to go by, then, <laughs> then, then definitely. Um, but listen, let's get into it. Obviously, you know, Ch- uh, Chelsea made the announcement saying that, you know, the 26-year-old joins from West Ham United and will head into the preseason training with the squad later this summer ahead of the U.S. tour. Uh, Svitkover will wear the number 13 for the Blues. A very interesting number. I don't think you see too many players wearing the number 13, but very nice. Uh, they they describe, Chelsea's website describes her as a formidable attacking midfielder. Uh, Svitkova already has two years of the WSL experience behind her, playing across you know from London rivals West Ham United since 2020, where she made 34 appearances and scored five goals. And kind of before that, you know, she's a Czech international, played for Slavia Prague, where she had 188 goals in 177 appearances. I mean, that's some serious firepower for for a squad player that we've got going on here. Uh, obviously, Czech's first, te- first division top scorer in 2016-17 and 17-18. Uh, she played, you know, in European competition as well. And she was even shortlisted for the 2018-19 Champions League goal of the season for a 35-yard strike in the quarterfinals against Bayern Munich. And was also crowned Czech Footballer of the Year four times between 2015-2020. So, I mean, we're signing someone with pedigree here. Someone's gone and, you know, done it and what, only 26 years old and kind of done all of that? I mean, couldn't have been a better signing for the type of player that Chelsea were looking for. Um, you know, and, um, you know, at five foot five and a half, I mean, that's, I mean, she's, she's decently tall. So it's a, it's a very smart signing from Chelsea here. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty good. Um, you know, one of, as we said, one of the stars of the of the Czech team, which has caused some prop teams problems recently. They got a nil-nil draw with the US back in February. They've drawn with the Netherlands twice in qualifying. Kind of Jesse, based on everything we've just said, what do you t- make of Svitkova's career so far? Yeah, I think kind of like what I uh, touched on. I feel like she's someone who clearly showed that she was very, very good in the in the Czech league and you know, kind of made that move to West Ham. And I think when she moved to West Ham, there were a lot of people, I remember, you know, Queen of Women's Football, Sophie Lawson, saying that it was kind of a a move that felt a long time in the making uh, in terms of Svitkova's ability and and being taking that kind of next step, as it were. And I think she's kind of shown that, you know, she was able to adapt to the WSL really well. Um, You know, I love that 
it's no secret that I really love that West Ham team under Ollie Harder and I'm still a bit upset that he's left. Uh, so I will happily take his players uh, because, you know, I think they played a really nice style of football. I think they were clearly a set of very tactically intelligent players and I think that's something um, Svitkova offers. You know, I think the Champions League experience is great and, and yeah, as I said, it, it's someone... It amazed me that she's only 26 as well. I actually thought she was a bit older than that. Um, but yeah, someone who, you know, kind of has the experience of playing in big, big-ish teams, playing in big games, definitely, uh, but isn't necessarily going to demand a starting space all the time. Yeah, I mean, totally agree. And, you know, like we said, she's in the prime of her career at 26 and Chelsea are by far the biggest club she's, you know, she's played for. Oli, do you think she's ready to make that step up to, to the big leagues and compete regularly in the WSL and the Champions League? Yeah, I think I think we touched on it before. You know, there are a lot of big clubs circling um, for her when she made that move to West Ham, and it was more of a case of see how she gets on. So, as as Jesse touched on earlier, it feels like a long time in the making that she made this next step, and that versatility really plays into being a really important part of a bigger team, not necessarily a leading part as she was at Slavia Prague, where she pretty much you know <laughs> was the vanguard for them. Uh, in every competition they were in, um, but she can definitely play a very, very good role in uh, in a new system. And I think something we might touch on a bit later is she might lend herself well to the back three in terms of being a wing back, also playing in that that pivot. She's had experience there. There's just a vast amount of options that she gives you, and um, I think people might have slept on her a bit, to be honest, in terms of. Um, her output, you know, we, we were saying before that she's only got five five goals West Ham, but that's because she's played across such a multitude of positions. And I think if you gave her like a more goal scoring role, I think she'd absolutely apply that firepower that she showed at Slavia. Absolutely fantastic. And I mean, that just bodes well for the future. And I think versatility is something that this Chelsea team have had. And I think it's something that's been a running theme and, you know, Svitkova just kind of fits that mold and, 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 you know, and we go there, you know, with, with the amount of tactical switches that Evan Hayes makes, I think it just makes sense for someone like, like her to come in and, and, and do, and just kind of find her place in the squad. But listen, before we get into the next part and, and talk about the data and, 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 and everything around that on, on Katrina, let's just quickly head into an ad break and we'll be right back. All right, our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because, well, it's hard to get a lot of micronutrients in. You know, we're all focused on our macros with protein, carbs, and, and fat. And now we got to add the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables. It's just hard to eat that many servings a day. So uh, I started doing it just to make my life a lot more efficient. I'm getting better gut health and a more uh, durable resistant immune system. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. Again, I do it. It's easy. It's fast. It's quick. Uh, I throw up my shaker usually on my way home from work, drink it. It, it goes down quickly. Uh, and like I said, you get six servings of vegetables a day very easily. Uh, but hey, don't listen to me. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and is trusted by leading health experts such as 
Tim Ferriss, and Michael Gervais. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for your gut health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to say, give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And we're back. Um, thanks for the sponsors for uh, continuing to support the show. And just so everybody knows, we're obviously continuing to cover the men and women's uh, game uh, teams Throughout the summer, we're going to be covering stuff from the Euros, any new signings, you know, both on the men and women's side. So keep your eyes, you know, keep your eyes peeled and your ears open for more content coming through. But let's move on. Um, let's now let's go into a bit more of a data driven breakdown here. And I think, you know, it's 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 quite handy that uh, a certain Jesse here has kind of written about Sitkova as one of last year's stars of the season. Jesse, why did you include Katarina Svitkova? Was it because you knew this move was going to happen and you just kind of wanted to preempt it and go, you know what, I know what I'm talking about? Or you know, was was there anything else more to this than, you know, than meets the eye? I wish I had that level of influence at Chelsea Football Club. Um, no, I think she's just a player who, you know, really stood out in terms of of her dynamism in terms of what she was able to offer West Ham uh, in terms of her her technical ability and also I think in terms of kind of her reliability I think when you're looking at players in those mid-table WSL teams something I feel like I'm always wanting to see is a player who can hold a certain level week after week because I think you get a lot of players in those sides who might have these great individual moments because they're obviously talented players, but they don't have the consistency. And I think when you're looking at taking a step up to kind of your Chelsea's, Arsenal's, Man City's, that's what you're really looking to be able to do. And that's what Svitkova felt like as a player for me. And, you know, she was an eye-catching player, I think, at West Ham because, you know, they were playing kind of Lisa Evans as that right wing back and Svitkova as that left wing back. And I think they're two very, like dynamic players and you could really see how much they influenced West Ham getting forward and to be honest I think if West Ham had had a decent number nine like no offense to Claudia Walker but like they could have done a lot better with the output that those players were were creating um yeah some of the the numbers that were kind of coming out from her that I put in that uh piece for the analyst um last season was you know she had more attacking sequence involvements than any other West Ham player uh that like that includes like Yui Hasegawa and people like that who also really impressed that season. Um, she created more chances uh, at West Ham than anyone else. She completed more dribbles than anyone else. Only five more players in the entire league completed more dribbles than she had. So I think there are elements of her game which will be interesting to see how they maybe change if... Uh, we'll talk about this a bit more fully, but I do wonder if Chelsea see her even announcing her as an attacking midfielder, but see her as going into that more midfield space. So that will be kind of interesting because she did play there under Matt Beard when she first joined West Ham, but I don't think she had anywhere near as much of an impact as she did than when she moved to to wing back. But, you know, clearly Chelsea feel like, and I think that comes back down to this thing of consistency, reliability, you know, she doesn't get dispossessed easily. She makes good decisions when she has the ball. They're the kind of skills that you 
probably feel like you're happy to have they're not solely going to exist while she plays at wing back yeah no i think uh i think i think that's that's great and i think over you know you know talking about you know how she played at west ham and and, and everything else I and mean, if we can read a couple of bits here from the piece i mean overall she leads she led rather west ham in terms of chance, chances created 22 as well as completing more dribbles than anybody else in the squad with 14 and overall there were only five players in the league that completed more dribbles than she has so i think you know just based off that and based on everything you just said i think you know we're getting a player that that's that's seemingly almost the best of the rest you know except for the top three you know sitka comes in and, and is and is this type of player that has um you know, it's just kind of like, like all you said, like surprising that we've, you know, people kind of slept on, slept on her and we, we've been able to get her rather, you know, rather quickly, uh, all things considered, you know, and one of the things that you've written here about her ability as, as a player is, you know, to be able to release pressure by getting out of tight situations defensively, as well as drive her team forward into more dangerous areas rather than trying to move the ball into the area. You know, as Fedkovic tends to try and cross the city. And to me, that, that really sounds like a... So, you know, almost like a Metzala in in that midfield can come in deep, pick up pick up possession, come out, you know, drive forward, drift out into the wide areas, and and uh, you know the amount of attacking uh, interchangeability in positions and 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 whatnot that just that scream that's what it screams out to me, and and obviously with the front three and the way they play, um, that sort of style really does um, you know really does does fit in. Um, but Oli, like, let's let's look at the numbers and let's look at the the data a little bit more. What to you? What do you make of these numbers? What do you make of the data? And kind of what are you most looking forward to when you're gonna see when you're gonna see her play? I think um, you know, going back to Matt Beard and um, Oli Harder's West Ham, you're, you're talking about like a, a a player who's really quite explosive in transition and where she got most of her goals or all of her goals actually was arriving at the back post or being or receiving the ball out wide uh after like an attacking play so if you think back to her goal against us in january um we were caught um in transition and she she managed to cut inside and um shoots the far post um what her best aspect is to me is driving with the ball i think that's undeniable i think that's always been her sort of um mo really is driving through midfield when she was 21 or 22 at, at slavia she played like a deep lying playmaker role so going back to your metzala she was almost like a register at some points as well um and she has a, a great passing range so if you look at her statistically she she's in the 99th percent off for switches of play which isn't really that which is quite quite strange for like a fullback um <laughs> as she as she's been playing a lot um or a wing back so this is someone who's got like a lot of abilities that haven't maybe been catalyzed on uh, at west ham i think in a system where we have say a lot more possession which is just undeniably what happens for chelsea women when we play in the wsl and a lot of times in the champions league as well against lesser opposition um she can probably exploit that and use a lot more of her creativity. Um, also, in the kind of radar that we've, we've got up here, it's, it's in terms of pressures, she has that dynamism to win the ball back high up the pitch as well, um, and kind of um, make sure that 
against lesser teams when they're they're less able on the ball in defence. Um, she forces turnovers and things like that as well. Um, but again, I think dribbling is probably her best aspect and something we can really look forward to. Question comes to me now, and I'm thinking, you know, we talk about dribbles and we talk about um, the, the pressures you talked about, you know, Gova's averaging more than, than most people. Jesse, I want to ask you, do you think, you know, Svitkova, based on these numbers, do you think she can kind of turn into maybe almost a tactical weapon in big games. You know, like, you know, you have specific players that come in for these massive games. They play as, you know, defensive players. You, know, you play them in different positions. Is, is Svitkova almost an answer to that as an option for Emma Hayes, realistically, considering, you know, for, for someone who's playing um, so, usually who plays high up the pitch or sometimes in the middle of the park, you know, does someone be able to kind of do both sides of the games almost equally as well as each other? Yeah, I think... Definitely Svitkova feels like a very versatile option in that sense. And I think, you know, generally, I think Chelsea try and buy players who can do multiple things. I think that kind of comes back to what we were touching on about, you know, almost the importance of competency as opposed to real, say, positional ability. You know, you only have to look at a player like Guru, who, as far as I knew, wasn't really like a left wing back like that wasn't something that she'd done in her life before but really kind of took to it this season and I think again that's the mark of a player who's just a very good all-round player and I definitely think Svitkova while she maybe has different things she's very good at it like fits that mold in terms of being able to do a lot of different things definitely I think for me what has kind of stood out with the radar is those kind of high pressures and turnover numbers like you're kind of touching on Abdullah because they feel like very useful things to be able to do regardless of whether you're going to be played in midfield or at wing back. And I also think they're the kind of things that we know that Chelsea haven't necessarily always been great at doing in the past couple of seasons in those kind of positions. So that's definitely something that like really stands out to me. It is tricky, I think, to look at some of these numbers because they are in the West Ham context. But I will say I was kind of pleasantly surprised by how well she came out. You know, so the the radar we're looking at, it's stats bomb data. It's comparing uh, her to like all fullbacks in the top five leagues. And, you know, she comes out like at least average on pretty much everything and, you know, kind of exceptional at, at the pressures, turnovers, dribbling elements of her game, uh, which, you know, yeah, given you're being compared to okay, the the fullbacks in the worst teams, but you're also being compared to Barcelona, Lyon, existing City fullbacks as well. So I think, you know, it's it wouldn't have surprised me or it wouldn't have worried me, I guess maybe is the correct thing to say, if she hadn't looked great in the data because of the kind of team she was playing in. But it's a pleasant surprise as, as to how good she does look in it. Yeah, and I think I think it makes sense that we've touched on it. West Ham were a team that, you know, at least against the, the bigger sides, had to sit back and had to sustain a lot of pressure and, and kind of had to, you know, counterattack back. And, and for someone like, like Svetkova to be able to be used to a certain environment like that, who knows, okay, I need to do the dirty work, I need to do a lot of work off the ball, I think translating those sort of traits into a team that does dominate possession like Chelsea and still to be able to do the hard work like turnovers, like like pressures, and then being able to use that and maybe in the big games, like we said, counterattack with her dribbling. I mean, just just as an added thing, I mean, she averages more aerial wins than, than the average player, which again is another added 
you know, um, trait here that we can use for set pieces, defending and attacking. And it just adds another method and another angle of, of attack. And I think that's, that's super, uh, super, super interesting. But now I want to ask, do you, do we think that Svitkova signing in any way, shape or form, does that change Emma Hayes? And maybe, maybe we can include the, the, the two players that have already been signed in Buchanan and, and Perisay. Is does this signal a change in system for Emma Hayes, or is she just kind of reinforcing what you know we've seen for the last season, Jesse? I think I don't know. I think it's very hard to tell with all of these players because they are all maybe Kadisha Buchanan aside, because Eve and Katarina are very versatile. I'm struggling to figure out where they all fit and kind of what that means. Because again, on the face of it, Katarina Svitkova's just had an amazing season at wing back. So I would say, well, we're going to carry on playing back three and that's your backup for Guru Raiten. But they're announcing her as a midfielder, which to me says that's not what we're planning on doing. So then you're like, well, I don't know. I, d- I mean, her playing in midfield, like, look, we're so thin in midfield, that actually almost makes zero difference to whether we play a back three or back four. But I think, again, this comes back down to kind of what we've already talked about of being like, Emma wants players who are tactically flexible. Chelsea want players who are tactically flexible. And they want to, as a club, be able to play in lots of different ways. I mean, Emma Hayes is always talking about basically how formations are kind of bullshit and that kind of thing, and it only really matters when you're out of possession. So I think more what this speaks to is maybe a doubling down on that mentality and wanting to take that stuff even further, which I think is, you know, in in our very best games last season, is something we did incredibly, incredibly well. Like, that FA Cup final against Arsenal in December is one of the kind of most fluid games I think I've ever seen us play in terms of being like, I've got no idea what formation we're doing, but like it's really working because we're smashing this team who at the start, who like literally three months ago smashed us. So I think that's probably more what all of these signings feel like they speak to is is maybe going one step further on that kind of flexibility. Ollie, what are your thoughts on the same, or do you have anything different? Yeah, I think uh, it was quite interesting in the. Uh, in the statement, how Emma basically said how she was like a devastating attacking midfielder, but then also just said, oh, and wing back. And it was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of a, a strange way of looking at it, given that she's had the whole kind of season at wing back. But I think, again, it's it's about this kind of raising the the basic competency level of, of the whole squad, right? You're talking about in terms of these three players that we've signed they're all very good on the ball and they can all carry themselves, right? So Kadisha can play all across the back three or as one of the back two. Um, Ev can play the side or even potentially as a winger. And then um, with Katarina, she can play just a multitude of positions, whether it be left wing back or DM, CM, you know, attacking midfield. So it's all, it all speaks of like a Swiss army knife mentality. And as, you know, as Jesse said before, this is kind of the options you want in those games where we can't really find a breakthrough. And it used to be that we, you know, uh, we'd go for G and and hope that she could conjure some, some magic. But maybe there's a kind of more physical option in in Katarina just to just kind of bulldoze her way through or or find a kind of switch of play that kind of works in those moments, and that gives us an extra option. Right. 
I think I'm going to move it on to the last part here, which is ultimately how do how does she fit in? And obviously the radar that we had, you know, we were looking at, we've been talking about is it's pretty much using a fullback template, right? You look at deep progressions, dribbling, duels, pressures, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because that's obviously what we said is predominantly where she's played at West Ham. But, you know, the ultimate question is, where does she play at Chelsea? We've obviously just touched upon it, you know, to an extent. Um, under Matt Beard, she predominantly played in midfield. Under Oli Harder, she played more as a wing back. Um, okay, let's. I'm going to throw a couple of scenarios to both of you and let's just, let's just go from there, right? So let's assume Chelsea's playing. And I know formations aren't a thing for Emma. You know, she's, you know, like Emma, you really like that. It, it does well for my book if you say formations do well. So please don't say that again. <laughs> uh, but no, like let's say we're playing a 4 3 3 or a 4 2 3 1. What, where do you want to see uh, Svitkova, Oli? I'll start with you. Ooh, that's a tough one. I think I think if we're playing four at the back, she probably uh, comes on in midfield. <laughs> I'm kind of <laughs> I'm sort of sitting on the fence here. I think she would be a very good kind of impact option off the bench if we're starting with a back four. If we stick with the back three, I'd probably say she would play the majority of her minutes at left wing back. Okay, Jesse. I I see her being a midfielder, I think. And I think, you know, maybe that G leaving and there being a kind of extra number 10 spot is quite interesting because definitely, you know, Jesse Fleming has that more like diminutive number 10 vibes and Katarina Svitkova's got a bit more to her, I think. But then I don't really know because you could also imagine a world where we were playing kind of a midfield trio of Jesse, Aaron, and Svitkova, which would be really funny because I'd kind of think all of them are number 10s. Um, but I guess it would make... But they're all very well-rounded players. So again, I like... I could see that kind of thing working because I think Jesse can kind of play a bit further back. Erin can play further forward, but has shown how exceptionally good she is further back. And I think her long-term future is there. Svitkova equally has shown she can do both. So, you know, I think... I'm leaning towards thinking she will play the vast majority of her minutes at midfield just because we've actually got a lot of left-sided options. Alsu Abdelina, Georgia Fox staying at the club for this season, TBC. Um, but, and obviously it's it's great, therefore, to have Svitkova as an extra backup, a much more experienced backup. I think, you know, we've said in previous pods that it doesn't feel like Georgia Fox or Alsu Abdelina are necessarily quite at the level to really... Not, I mean, Alsa Adelina, I've barely seen her play, <laughs> so it's hard to judge. But watching Georgia Fox, I do think she could. She is at the level to play. I just don't know if she's at the level to get the minutes that like would be best for her development. But that's another conversation, which we've kind of already had. Uh, but yeah, so I think given how thin we are in midfield, it feels like the more obvious thing to go there, given that we've basically lost... G, Drew Spence, and effectively Melanie Loipotz for potentially, you know, an unknown period of time. Like, I think we've seen lots of players come back incredibly quickly from from having kids, which is amazing, but also, like, it's going to be a very individual journey for, for every player who goes through that experience. So, equally, I think it's kind of wise for Chelsea to assume this isn't a player who we're going to be seeing, like balling out in November or whatever you know I think it's it's wise to 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 be prepared that maybe it's going to take a bit longer for her to get back to like her very best 
Yeah, and I had, I had, I mean, I to- I totally agree, and I think I think the G point is is so so like important because I was thinking about this earlier today, and I was thinking right, you know, if you look at the real options that Chelsea have, uh, you have Sophie Engel, you have Aaron Cuthbert, and basically had maybe bringing in Guru right into play in like a central midfield position if you really needed to play someone there, and then like we said, Jesse Fleming can play further back as well, so. You know, you, you think about it, you're like, you know what? Signing Svitkova, she can come in, she can play some minutes in midfield. And she and, and, and kind of the, the, the thing that we, we talked about in previous episodes throughout the season when, you know, when things weren't going so right and almost when we figured out that Aaron, Aaron is, you know, the heir, you know, the heir to the throne in one of those midfield number, number six spots. And, you know, we always talked about balance because either G was really, really good in some games, but she was perfect for some games. Sophie Ingle, perfect for other types of games, right? You know, whether it was low blocks, mid blocks, high press, low press, you know, th- th- these different sort of situations. Even Jesse, again, different situations needed different midfielders. I'm, I want to maybe go on and say that with the absence of Melanie Leupold as well, that Svitkova almost seems like a very complementary fit next to Aaron Cuthbert. And, and my reasoning behind that is, while Aaron is a very good player at going forward, winning the ball back, um, it definitely improves positionally in terms of her awareness and spatial awareness, Svitkova almost seems like maybe a slightly lesser player, but with maybe a little bit more flair. And, and the fact that she's got these high amounts of pressures and turnovers and dribbles almost to me feels like both of them do very similar things, but at, at but but they both almost at the same time are complementary to each other and play play to each other's strengths almost because if Aaron goes forward, you almost rel- you can rely on Spitkova to get the tackles in the screen a little bit and vice versa. So I almost feel like this is almost a very very good signing in terms of trying to maybe see how that double pivot works now because when you've got two players who bring the balance to to kind of unlock the forward three. Uh, and and the wing backs and you get that extra bit of protection at the same the added you know thing of either one of them can push up and add and, and help you know attacking wise and also track back defensively you know in some way shape or form I almost think like it's it's too good of a signing at such a you know at, at, at basically a, a free transfer so you know if if we're going that deep into it I really think that uh, Emma Hayes might have uh, might have pulled off uh, a blinder here. But um, listen, guys, any, any final thoughts on, on Svitkova, Chelsea, the summer, the future, the window? You know, what I was going to just say, as a, as a quick question, I'd be intrigued to know how many 90s do you think we'll see Svitkova get in, let's just say the WSL, um, uh, next season? Ollie, I'm going to let you go first so I can have a quick <laughs> <laughs> What a gentleman. I know, Ooh, right? <laughs> that's tough. I I think kind of if I if I'm being conservative maybe maybe four or five and I it's kind of okay quite low yeah it is it it just kind of it depends it depends how preseason goes for me like if if we see that she's like a really key cog in this kind of complementary system in the pivot as you guys were suggesting then it would be a lot higher for me um if no one else comes in 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 the midfield then I would absolutely <laughs> then I would absolutely, absolutely, probably push that much. Because there's no one, there's no one <laughs> there's no else to play, play there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the point. No one exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think I think I've got I've got the same thing. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 
if no one else comes in, I see at least 10, 10 or 11, 90, 90 minutes, 90 minutes in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think 10 is, is, I think given her versatility, I think, you know, especially when we saw maybe, you know, John are picking up a lot of minutes to replace Guru at points, I think maybe the balance between Svitkova doing that and the midfield role would, would I think, push And not 10. to mention, there's no real betting in period in terms of getting used to England. She was playing down the road, I mean, figure yeah. of speech, but she was just playing down the road. So it's just about getting well, I mean, used to the system. pretty, well, yeah, opposite side of London, but yeah, opposite not, not of, far you know off. I mean? yeah, yeah. Like, not far yeah. off. I mean, like you're just playing, you're playing in London. Down like, the M25, round the M25. <laughs> I'm going to let you go with the direction scene because I have no clue about. English them. motorway joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For most of you listening, you'll have gotten that. I will not have gotten that. But you know what? You can laugh on my behalf. All good. Um, no, but like she, she's used to London. She knows what it is. So the, in terms of like the, the like the Alsu Abdelina thing of like, you know, for example, settling into the country and getting used to it, that's that's not there. Only thing she has to do is get used to the system. I think the minute MF realizes and feels, right, Katerina understands how we want to play. I think she starts getting more minutes from, from that point onwards, whether it's at left wing back, center midfield, attacking midfield. And and kind of a last point, it just gives us another option to rotate the front three. Like when one of them needs a rest, you can throw in Svitkova and then she know we know she can score a goal. Slavia Prague's, you know, her career at Slavia Prague proved that. Um, you know, so I think all round really good signing. Really, really excited about. I actually got more excited as we've recorded this podcast. Now that I've come to the end of it, I'm super excited uh, about this signing more than I was at the beginning of it. Um, but listen, guys, appreciate the emergency pod and, and coming on and, and and we doing this on a you know on, on a Tuesday, a day before the Euros. I, I know everyone's busy, but we're here. We did it. Um, Ollie, thank you for coming on short notice. Appreciate your your input, and we might need to have you on for a longer episode at some point in in the new season. I'd love to. I'd just say, you know, I'm so happy that we have another childhood Chelsea fan joining us because she really <laughs> loves the club. <laughs> well, you know, it, it is it is what it is. Um, Jesse, appreciate your time as always. And uh, to all you Chelsea fans, uh, keep a lot. We'll be back and, you know, keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>